In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Remove him from office. No Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen. Hello, and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. I'm Sammy Sage. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going down in the news, brought to you by your three funniest friends. Which is, which is us which is us which is us yes good morning i am, I am so excited to be recording with you millie like i've been waiting oh. uh, i know i don't want to like break up the two like, the amazing tuesday vibes <clears throat> but i i'm jealous vibes are vibes listen if there's anything millennials are good, known for it's vibes and vibes can happen with anybody and new vibes are there and it's in a new, new year and new energy and manifesting and all of that yeah so, i also got like a like just a cute message from brian because brian always hosts with me so i don't think he wanted he was just like i would also you know like not mind hosting with millie i could oh, do that <laughs> even though we're on watch because brian i'm still not a hundred percent convinced that brian's spouse is from spain yeah, have to get him on here. Also, Brian takes Spanish classes now every day at 2 p.m. Oh my god! Very gosh. like if you try to schedule something at two, maybe it's not every day. I don't know if he has that excuse. Oh my god! Like or every shall now I say, and then. Ay Dios mios. <laughs> Ask for the birth certificate and then like, the, the long form. The long form. The, the rom com long con. Listen, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Hallmark needs to make. We already said they need. We need gay rom rom com ones. And if there's a exactly. scam in there, even better. Totally. What's a, what's a rom-com without a scam? I think a, a scam defines a rom-com. There's almost always a scam. How to lose a guy in 10 days. The wedding planner. Oh, you got mail. supposed to be like mail. a really romantic rom-com. And it's fucking gaslighting. Yeah. It's, it's like he's like, he's lying to her the whole thing. And everyone's like, Tom Hanks is so cute. And I'm like, he's a liar. He's a liar. I hope somebody. One of my favorite movies, but I think we have to like acknowledge that it's a movie about um, brutal capitalism and, uh, <laughs> and the loss of small businesses in America. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's brutal capital. I feel like people who like it, it's like you you know, it's like you like McDonald's because you go to the play place and the memories that are attached. Yeah. Like maybe it's like the cause it does make the Upper East Side look cool and like all that stuff. It so does. It, it does. Like you know, it looks like the it's coolest cute neighborhood in Manhattan. Wait, wait. It's actually it actually takes place on the Upper West Side. Upper West That's side. true. I live. I lived before I lived in this apartment, I lived like right near where all of it was filmed, like the Starbucks that they go to. Like that was my Starbucks. So I, yeah. I mean, I sort of have like a, I feel a kindred spirit with Kathleen Kelly. Like I would love to just own a bookshop on the Upper West Side. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. I feel like that film was also very prescient to the villainy that would become Fox. F-O-X. <laughs> you can mm. spell Fox. You can spell Fox. You guys, today is officially Donald Trump's last Friday in office. Can't Ooh. believe it. We're going Ooh. into our final Trump-led weekend. I can't. 
I can't believe we made it also because Fridays have historically been the most shit show day of the week in his administration. Do you remember like the early, like the first two years when just all the craziest things would happen on Fridays? I can't believe we have made it like, although I don't know. Did we? We'll see. I know. I'm not, I'm not okay. Yeah. Very funny. Friday at like 5 a.m. he just started tweeting crazy shit. But I, I honestly feel like it's because he doesn't have Twitter. Totally. Like, yeah. Like it would have been, the havoc would have been all the way to the inauguration had they not taken away Twitter. Right. And it still has been havoc, but yeah. it's at a simmer rather than him constantly coming in to inflame it's, them. It's havoc that is allowed to run its own course because he's mm-hmm. not there to like derail it. Yeah. Into something new. Mm-hmm. Right. And every time Trump tweets, for the past, as long as I've had this job, it's like every time he tweets, even if it's nonsense, people are still like, what is this? Should I be scared? So every time he tweets for years, I have this like overwhelming physical reaction because I'm not only like, oh God, the president's tweeting. I'm like, I have to now handle this and explain to you. I don't have to, but I feel a responsibility to. Mm-hmm. So it's always like every time he tweets and there's then a cascade of 10 different tasks I have to undertake and I feel physically sick just from the content of it. The pad- you, know yeah. what, you know what's important to process, which maybe I know it's not scheduled on the podcast, but maybe it's uh, something we can do is what was your least favorite or most memorable Trump tweet that destabilized you the most? For me, it was the... I can't uh, believe you just have point. one. I have I one too. I oh, have do one it. too. Let's Everyone has that. No, yeah. I'm like, for me, there was a point where I thought we were going to be bombed by North Korea and or Iran from the shit that he was tweeting. Mine is so. Iran too. Mm-hmm. Amanda will remember like the first day of 20, like the, one of the first week of 2021, he almost got us into a war with Iran with the Suleimani stuff. And 2021 I, this year, 2020. Sorry, sorry. I was, I was <laughs> like, sorry, miss a war. No, I no. was convinced we were going to war like over the weekend. I spent yeah. the entire weekend panicking, and like it became therapy fodder for for months later, for months after. But you yeah. bulk bought stuff, and then two months later, there was a pandemic. So, yes, I did bulk. It was a war, but the war was in the house. Yeah, I think mine was calling Maryland. Or Baltimore, like a rat-infested dump. That yeah. broke me. That that took things to a level. Island? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just love crab cakes. <laughs> it was just so sad. Just because, and then Elijah Cummings died like two months later. Yeah, it was all oh, just yeah. so so awful so to to see that from the president. It was just disgusting. And then after that, I mean, it got even worse. But that was the one to me that brought things to. A different level. We should have. We should let everybody on the podcast we have should, this moment of healing. We should also have um, like a sticker question on stories, so everyone can can submit theirs. Another yeah, one I was was like content. That's what that's what Betches is about. <laughs> content machine. Three sixty content. Well, yes! I was also thinking of letting everybody do like I tried doing this thing at the beginning, like no lame ducks given, like all the stuff that Trump does that we just don't have to give a fuck about anymore. And the reason it didn't become more of a thing is because everybody said the tweets. Everybody. Right. That was everybody. Right. Said the tweets. Remember when he tweeted little Adam shit? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> it's not even good. That's like not even that. Right, creative. because some of them are good. Some of them are really. Listen, funniest tweet. Funniest Trump tweet. And I I have one and I, I, I'm not going to like public or I, I guess I am publicly. Like, <laughs> We're recording, like Millie. Of, I know, I know. But I feel like a lot of like leftists are like Trump's got him or like it's true. You know, like give Trump flowers. I don't want to do all that. But 
Damn, yeah. the one the one moment when Michael Cohen was getting interviewed or something, like getting deposed, and it, he was like testifying, um, Trump tweeted, if anyone's looking for a lawyer, I that do was- not <laughs> Michael yeah. Cohen. And I was like, it's really funny. <laughs> I mean, I think that like, that like silly, like when it's, when it's like, it isn't directly as clearly harmful. I think that's what kind of like got him elected. Why, why people were like, don't take it seriously. He's just kidding. Like, because he did mix in those types of tweets with the like genuinely really horrifically dangerous ones. Like that's why I think people were just un- like reluctant to take it seriously. He's an alt comedian. Oh God. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, He's like man. really not even though. Like no, no, not no, at all. Not. Just the the pair, just some of the terms and phrases he comes up with paired with his whole thing are just very funny. I mean, Sleepy yeah. Joe, low energy Jib. Yeah, Sleepy Ugh. Joe. <laughs> what an a delight. Uh, but oh, you know, no asshole. more. No must. Call Rebecca Black. It's the last Friday. Amen. Good riddance. So today we're going to talk about a few headlines. Then we're going to take a nice warm bath in the splinter that is formed in the Republican Party and just consider where the GOP might go from here. Where, I mean, we, I don't think any of us identify as Republicans, so we're just going to have some armchair Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's like, I'm actually registered twice, once as a Republican, (laughs) once as a Democrat. Well, James Langford will apologize to you. We'll get to that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about where the GOP will be going from here. But first, we're going to tell you where they're not going, which is Ivanka and Jared's bathroom. Yesterday, the Washington Post reported that Ivanka and Jared Kushner do not allow their Secret Service detail in Washington, D.C. to use any of their 6.5 bathrooms in their D.C. home. Here's the background, because WAPO has a paywall. In 2017, when the Trumps got to D.C., the service first would find restrooms in local establishments. They would like go to, they would go to the, maybe Fox Books. They'd find places to go. They would also travel to nearby bathrooms at Barack Obama and Mike Pence's houses. Uh, both Pence and Obama have Secret Service details for whom they provided areas of the house outfitted with bathrooms. This is pretty typical. Um, usually, WAPO had kind of a snarky line that basically was like, usually these important people live on such sprawling, amazing yeah. properties that they can create an outpost for them. But Jared Navanka's like shitty house just didn't have enough room. Jared Navanka's house is ugly. That is, I'm sorry. It is an ugly house. I'm disappointed in their taste. When you can afford whatever the fuck you want, you can't buy something. Like, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's always, I, there was a quote one time, I mean, in reference to Hudson Yards about, it's really sad to know like what rich people who can buy anything, what rich people actually want is depressing. <laughs> like, yeah, because they have no taste. But also I feel like it looks, you know what their house reminds me of? Father of the Bride. No. Oh, oh yeah. It's a, it's not as quaint. If it's they were charming cute. and earnest, we would probably be like, what a cute quaint house for them. But because they're terrible. Like, it looks like a white box. Yeah. And the front porch is not nice. It looks like it's it's a school or something. My other yeah, favorite exactly. anecdote from the WAPO story was just they just interviewed some neighbors and one of the neighbors was like, I've never had any interaction with him except one time I just saw Jared getting his mail and just said like, oh, hi, how's it going? And Jared just said, I'm sorry, are the children being too loud? That's so, that sounds like a ghost. weird thing to like say to your neighbor. That is a weird thing to say to the neighbor. Another thing that my favorite part is that 
they were uh, like the Secret Service agents would go to Obama's house to their outpost to, and and use the Secret Service agents like thing, and one of the age and they, they were really pretty specific so i feel like anybody who's they a secret were. service agent knows who this guy is left a like left or the this gal or this gal quality yeah gals can leave unpleasant messes yeah left a mess so unpleasant that they all were banned from using the obama's bathroom uh and then now they had to go to somewhere else now I want, to be, I want to be clear on something. Let's be clear. It was not Obama who made that decision. It was no. the lead Secret Service leader. I don't even know if Obama, Obama probably did know about this. I'm sure he was like had chummy relationships. Knows. Maybe not. But Maybe it wasn't not. Obama who was like, they can't poop here anymore. It was how bad Secret could Service it have leader. Been? No, That's it probably what? like didn't flush or like pushed shit, you know, pulled I mean, the capital we, and smeared shit all over exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but before we move on, I just have to say that I find it like a little bit rude of the Washington Post to put such critical information like this behind a paywall. I agree. It's a service journalism. Yeah. It's terrible. They, yeah, the, what's behind paywalls and what's not, it's, it's, it's fucked up. And also, I'm just like six and a half bathrooms. Like, you can't have one. Kicking them one. Yeah, they have more than one, one bathroom per person in their family. Like, they have three children and two adults. So they have five each one could have its own bathroom. Yeah. Totally. Plus an extra. And they could still let the Secret Service use They the could have bath. bathrooms for dedicated purposes, each one in the family, and they would still have enough to give the Secret Service. Give them the half. They just they don't need to shower. I mean, they probably do. That'd probably be nice, but also Aaron Ryan tweeted this, but I did have this thought individually. This the Trumps have such weird bathroom shit. No yeah. pun intended. Like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Like no, Trump and his like the flushing and like gold toilets and like now this that they can't Didn't melania replace all the toilets yes. in the bathroom in yes, the she Trump, wouldn't in the White use House? it she wouldn't use it until it was re- so weird yeah. i don't like they... people like that um yeah i yeah, thank you well I hard does, line in but... the sand. really offensive amanda yeah. uh, <laughs> here's the thing. i have a good reason my father is a colon good... and rectal surgeon mm. so in my home it was, we were just always very transparent about colon health and rectal health. And just if you, we were always like, how are your poops? Everybody wanted to know. And if anyone had reason to leave after going in a bathroom that you were having some issues, they would bring it up with you. So I think we just had like an exceedingly transparent home environment when it came to excrement of this kind. And I just really cannot get down with people that are so uptight about it. I feel like they all want to pretend that they don't. That they don't. Right. Yeah, they're like, they're just like, my shit don't stink. Maybe that's why they didn't want them to use it. They were like, they can't know how bad our poop smells. Yeah. Well, what do they eat? McDonald's? Blame it on the kids. Yeah. Blame it on the kids. They could have just given the one bathroom. Yeah. I've never gone in it. The bathroom stuff, all of this stuff is really weird. But the fucked up part, which is huge, it's a huge, huge issue, is how much money um, the Secret Service. Waste that's the issue on protecting the trump family i listened to this podcast called trump inc which is like wmyc and politico and they have this one episode that came out last february and it's just talking about all the expenses the secret service has had to pay to protect they've had to buy jet skis because like (gasps) extended family of the trump like always are jet skiing so they have to buy jet skis to protect them um the eric trump once said like Oh, well, we always, like, 
we because they stay at the hotels right they stay at the trump properties and then they, then they make the secret service have to stay at the properties and then they charge the secret service to stay so then they're making more money that's the fucking thing right and then eric trump once said like oh but we only charge them for like housekeeping or something and it's just like not true at all no like they were paying what is it sixteen thousand dollars a month for um a little house in their Trump property and like the, the like golf course in New Jersey. Like Mm -hmm. they are, it it is just completely wasting our tax money on frivolous shit. And like, they said like comparatively the most expensive, like expense was like Joe Biden. They had to get like an apartment next to Joe Biden or something that was like $4,000 a month. And that was, that was like the most expensive thing before Mm -hmm. that. And like to compare it to the Trumps, which are like, yeah, also they right, charge this- them full prices like that's another yes. piece of that they're not giving them like a, a, a like an at cost rate like no they say fair in the inauguration situation because we have yeah. those emails oh uh, they God. say like oh just charge them a fair market rate which homegirl again fair market no. rate can be anything when you say that your thing is luxury right i think that is why there was such a reaction to this story because Jared and Ivanka firmly denied that they barred Secret Service from using their restrooms. As a result of them reportedly doing this, uh, the situation obviously became untenable, and eventually a fed- the federal government began renting a basement studio from a neighbor for $3,000 a month just for Secret Service to use the bathroom. They started doing this in September 2017, so pretty early into the administration. The whole taxpayers, time. The whole time. Taxpayers will have paid $144,000 on the facilities by the time the lease ends. So it's not super unusual for Secret Service to kind of want to leave people alone and to just sort of blend in. However, throughout the Washington Post is not going to publish something that's not true. And neighbors and law enforcement people said, no, 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 this was very unusual, the, the lengths that they had to go to. And the that- porter potty. Right. There was a porter potty there that they had to get rid of because neighbors were like, this is gross and it's in the middle. And that's like- what And Tarama is expensive. Yeah, it's like million right. dollar homes, like multi-million dollar yeah. homes and they have a porter potty in the street. Right. Also, exactly. like, how far is this basement studio? Like, it how wasn't far super are they close to go to the they, bathroom? I think they had to drive because the Wapo article ended with an anecdote of just somebody driving there, going in, using the bathroom, and coming back. Um, a spokeswoman for the Secret Service initially declined to basically tell the Washington Post anything about this, but. Clearly, after this story came out, the Kushners got freaked out and insisted again, had a White House official tell WAPO that Ivanka and Jared Kushner have never uh, denied Secret Service personnel access to their home. And the Secret Service spokeswoman followed up basically saying, we don't ask to use the facilities. So those two statements are paired together, supposed to make us think, well, if they didn't ask and they didn't deny that no harm was done. I mean, I would hate for this to ruin Ivanka's future (laughs) political career. Dude, Ivanka's, yeah. that's the thing. It's that, like, Ivanka, and I feel, like, good, but, like, Ivanka could have skated by if her dad wasn't her dad. She's just as evil, just as terrible, just as much of a liar, just as weird, but she's been polished enough to, like, get under the radar or not be whatever, you know what I mean? And, like, um, She's she's she was just um also in the Trump Inc. Uh, podcast like she was deposed. Uh, yeah, yes, I mean you so would love good. 
It's so good. Um, she's deposed right now. The, the latest episode is basically all the lawsuits that they have are waiting for them when, when Trump is no longer president. And it's about the inauguration. And one, you know, a big thing was like, they charged us, like they charged the U.S. $170,000 a day to rent Trump hotels, which that afternoon they had like a prayer breakfast for Trump or something. And they charged the people $5,000 to use the banquet hall and they charged us. And then Ivanka, what immediately what she did was like post on Twitter, like this is a partisan attempt to make, you know, like doing She's so the same. It. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pun intended. Doing yeah. the same <laughs> shit that Trump does, but in a polished way. And like, she would have gotten away with it if her dad wasn't her dad. And if she would have controlled her dad and told him to stop or whatever, it's just like, it's like she can't deny it anymore. And like, now that's why they feel bad or freaked out or something. It's like, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel bad about making people use the, you know? They don't feel bad about anything. I mean, when we had Michael Cohen's daughter on the podcast, she like made Ivanka sound, she just confirmed that she's, the brat trash that she clearly is. Well, I think that there's this sort of episode. Yeah. It's really juicy. Really good. Yeah. I think that there's this sort of like Trump, because he's so like heinous and like objectively outwardly heinous when people are compared to when people in his orbit are compared to him, there's this sort of natural, like, Oh, well they're not as bad as Mm -hmm. him. Like, you know, Milan. So there's this sort of assumption that gets foisted onto like Melania and Ivanka that like, Oh, they can't be that. Like they're the they're the mitigating forces, and I think that like especially even in the past like year, what we've learned is that they're actually not. They're actually sort of instigators, mm-hmm. and they're also like fully beholden to him. Like they're mm-hmm. never gonna they're never gonna like literally actually challenge him. They they're only enablers. mitigate when it's in their political favor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I they just let him go. Melania being invested enough in anything to <laughs> mitigate. Uh, oh yeah. They're a team, though. That's the thing, is that she, like, she's the yin to his yang in some way. And, like, I know that sounds weird considering, like, we've seen all these instances of her swatting away his hand. But, like, if you think about it not as, like, a a normal romantic thing and think about it as, like, a partnership, like a strategic partnership, it really works for both of them. And she's not, like, she thinks he's right. Yeah. Right, right. I think she's mad at him now, but because it makes her look bad. Well, uh, okay. Well, she'll get over it. Yeah, she will get over it. No, the funniest thing was like, weren't there moving trucks the day after the election? Like other people have speculated. I mean, I'm. I think Melania is evil. Blah blah blah. She voted for for Biden. She wants out of that fucking oh, house. Yes, no she way. definitely wants she definitely wants out of it. For sure that she is wants true. Out. But so then are she and Baron gonna go to Florida? I guess. They're all gonna oh. go to Florida. I mean, they oh, Baron has switched schools so many times. They can't live at Mar a Lago. You know that? Oh, right? that's right. right. Yeah, that's they right. They can't live there. They can move into Jeffrey Epstein's. Yeah. Because Ivanka's you- definitely gonna go there because I think I heard she's gonna run for senator in Florida. Oh, against Marco God. Rubio. Against Marco Is it Rubio. Sad that I would prefer Marco Rubio win. I think she'd probably beat him. I don't know. What I do think, think she will beat him for maybe for primary. But I just fucked. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's going to be really interesting because of the Cuban American vote. Um, oh, that's in true. South Florida. Like, I'd be really interested to see if they'd vote for Ivanka over Rubio. But I, I'm hoping that some like like Georgia type movement happens in yes. Florida. Like if something like that happens in Florida easily, we can, right. because 
the most populated parts are very, you know, um, yeah, like I'm waiting for like a little like socialist movement to happen. The way that it's happening happened in New York City, like where there's like pockets of, you know, state senators and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm waiting for that to happen in South Florida. I think um, it should be able to happen in Florida as a state because they have enough like urban centers where exactly. it's like densely populated. Exactly. I think the issue with like, I was reading about like North Carolina compared to Georgia. And one of the reasons why North Carolina is harder to flip the way in the way that Georgia did is because it's much more rural in general. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, maybe Florida's Florida's like, I don't know. It's own thing. <laughs> but Florida, like, f- people need to do organizing. That, what I mean it's is, like, so big, organizing but... off-season. Like, start right, now yeah. for 2022, right. like, and continue going and continue moving, you know. To, but it, I think it totally can be done because th- there's so many densely populated areas, and especially with Orlando and all the, like, Hurricane Irma. Yeah. Like, immigration from Puerto Rico now. Like, it's just... the point so densely popular and it's spreading out so i'm really you know but anyway that's that's more down the gop because i have some thoughts on yeah that. yeah but we're okay. actually going to talk about we're going to talk a little bit about uh joe biden's stimulus proposal and then we're going to talk more about the future of the gop Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy Gift Mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. 
Joe Biden has unveiled a $1.9 trillion proposal to boost the U.S. economy nearly one year into the pandemic. I am going to list off some things that this includes. I think you talked about this in morning announcements too, Sammy, and it's in much yeah, it's more detail in, in the newsletter. Yeah. You got so many places you can find this info from us. But the plan includes $1,400 stimulus checks, enhanced unemployment aid, and eviction moratorium. Basically, general impressions are that it's it's the big sweeping style package progressives have largely been looking for. Biden feels that he has a mandate coming out of the general election and the Senate victory. So he's going for it. Like there's a lot attached to this that progressives have wanted, including a $15 minimum wage. Um, and it would also abolish the lower minimum wage for people earning tips and the absolutely atrocious uh, thing that is allowed that you can pay people with disabilities sub-minimum wage. It also includes 14 weeks of paid sick leave, family medical leave. It's got a bunch of progressive wish list stuff on there because he's thinking, this is the time. We got the Senate. We have the motivation. We have the mandate. Let's do it. Were we um, surprised to see how big this was? No. As I was reading it, I was like, okay. Like, I'm, as I'm reading, like, each bullet point, I'm like, ooh, yes, $1,400. No. <laughs> like, like, minimum wage. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, like, I'm just getting, like, so excited as I was reading it. I don't – I think this is, like – I mean, obviously, like, let's take more if we can because, like, I feel like the the minimum wage should really be, like, $20. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but uh, great. I think this is, like, a good start. I feel – yeah, I, I agree. I feel like this is a good start. I feel like the criticism – that that they've been getting is that like they said two thousand dollar checks two thousand dollar checks and now it's like fourteen hundred dollar checks and they're like well actually it's two thousand dollars with the six hundred dollars and all that stuff and that kind of math so i feel like that's right now where progressives are divided and that's it's just a little disappointing because in one hand it's like yes it's the street sweeping trillions like that we Mm -hmm. needed where like fucking they you know if it was up to republicans it would be you know half a million or whatever like nothing (laughs) a five hundred thousand dollar stimulus and it would be just a a huge ppp loan to devin nunes yeah um (laughs) which he did get one but that's a whole other thing um but uh his fucking wine company anyway um (laughs) what about his cows and his cows jesus um but at the same time it's like yeah, but like, God, like, why not just do two thousand? Like, that's what's. Her, and then it's like all right. these, all these leftists online, which I know people d- please don't engage with them. But it's just at the same time, it's like, yep, this is what happens when you go Democrat. They say one thing and they they're not m- keeping their promises, and they said two thousand dollar checks, and look at what happened. And and right now, that's where we're divide. Like, that's the division mm-hmm. or the criticism. And yeah, like when you see all with other all these other things. I'm kind of like torn because like, yeah, it's like there are some really great things on this list and like things that we've been fighting about. But then on the other thing, it's like, damn, but like, why not just give $2,000? Like, Do you think it's sort of like, it reminds me of when in the primaries, when Bernie would never answer how he was going to pay for Medicare for all because he was just like, it's going to be cheaper for you. Like Mm -hmm. overall, your life will be better. And I feel like that's just still a hard sell. Like there's a lot in this that will, could really change a lot of people's lives over a year or two, just watching all of these things go into effect. Cause these are not just like going to address the pandemic. They're going to address the economic insecurity and issues we had before. It's hard to explain that. Um, when, when people, including Republicans are saying $2,000, $2,000, where's our $2,000? Well, I think, okay, here, here's my thoughts on that. Obviously everyone could use $2,000. Like it wouldn't be too much, 
my my feeling right. is that one, he probably wanted to get keep the overall top line number under two trillion is my guess, and that yeah. probably would have pushed it over. The second thing is, I can see from his perspective, or like just generally his administrate her future administration's perspective, like when the six hundred dollar checks came out, AOC was putting up a, an an amendment to add fourteen hundred dollars. So I feel like they probably took that as like, okay, oh, this, is, okay. this is the progressive. Yeah, yeah. This is the progressive plan, I guess. This is that's true. Together, it is two thousand. But obviously, like, sure, everyone should have more. Like, we people need more. It's not like you could give people ten thousand dollars, and for so many people, it wouldn't be close to enough to dig them out of the holes that they're in. Like, mm-hmm. the 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 rent and eviction moratoriums, like. They don't, they're still going to have to pay that rent. And many of these people haven't found jobs. So, like, where are they getting that rent money? Right, right. And I do, I mean, the Republicans that keep saying it's not targeted enough, it's not targeted enough. I mean, when people were getting support at the beginning of the pandemic, like, I'm fine if some people want to pay their student loan off with their check. Like, that still has the same impact on the future we're trying to build here, which is getting people out of debt. Cancel student loans. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you think Biden's going to do that? Fuck you want? I fucking hope so, but it's hard to say because, like, because they're talking about if he's uh, if he has the ability to, mm-hmm. and I think he has the ability to for sure. Um, I don't know if it's, like, this sweeping... I don't know if he's going to cancel all of them, um, but it's just such a huge problem. I mean, I, I don't know if like y'all know this, I, I published this yesterday or something, but like, I have this like terror. I, I signed up, like one of the most predatory student loans oh, no. where I paid off. Um, I took out $20,000. I paid off 33,000 and I still owe 17,000. No. How does that even, where's the math? Exactly. Exactly. No. And it's, it's basically because we'll put that the in the description. Rate, yeah, yeah. The interest rate is, um, I have, you know, and like the, this financial advising company that's like been helping me because of the pandemic. Like, I didn't even know this. I was just like, I'm yeah. paying and paying, but I don't know where any of this money is going. And right. they, we dug deep into the thing and we saw that like they, the interest rate can be changed every day or like the interest rate is a variable. Yep. So, and it occur, you know, it's just crazy shit that it's like, yeah. this shouldn't be legal at all. Like, right. so it's not even like canceling, but we really need to like, and, and if we did cancel, like, the cancel student debt or something, that's just for public student loans. And that student loan that I had is a private one from Wells Fargo, which is the worst fucking company. How old were you when you signed this? 18? Oh, 18, 19. And my sister, my sister co-signed it. So it's like, she didn't know. My family doesn't know anything about, you know, it's a whole other problem of, like, you know, which predatory. is what, it's, it's predatory. It's predatory. 100%. And, like, it's also, like, this thing with, it's our generation where it's like, Go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college. It'll solve all your problems. It'll do th- No one talks about like staying in college, making sure you don't drop out, how to pay for after, getting jobs after. Like there's just all this huge gap in stuff. It's just go to college. And now we have like a bunch of college educated people and like we don't even have, you know, it's just like a huge problem. But it's these things where it's like canceling student debt will help, you know, but it's like we need to make those kind of loans illegal. Yeah, I right. I that is really the issue that it's like they gave you twenty thousand dollars and you are giving them fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, you're an eighteen year old when you made that decision. Yeah, you're obviously like, and it's not even like the decision was transparent. And no. yeah, it the pro right canceling and, is like 
obviously canceling student loans would not only help individual people, but it would be a massive economic stimulus. But like that should not be legal. And that's why Elizabeth Warren should become majority leader or Mm. something of that ilk. And there are so many people that have debt like that or close to it and didn't end up finishing their degree. Yeah. And so can't get the benefits, even though there are waiting benefits and people have been misled about the benefits of a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, especially at for-profit universities, just had no way to finish and have this debt without the benefit of the degree. Something has to change. I, because yeah. so, I mean, I think that Sam and I were talking about like the amount of stress that so much of the country is living with every day, just privately over thinking about the things you were just talking about is like, it's not productive for the economy. It is not. <laughs> Your local community needs that money more than the student loan collector more does. More than Wells, Wells Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Wells Fargo broke their trust in 2008 with everything they did around the crisis. Oh, this was in 2008 that I signed it. That's the crazy thing. Oh, God. 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was the student loan that my school told me to get. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't one that, yeah, it's so fucked up. But yeah, exactly. Like, this is like, what, like an extra 300, 500 bucks a month that I'm spending on student loans? Like, that's nuts. Yep. You could be giving that to a restaurant. I could be giving that to a restaurant. I could be getting a nicer apartment. I could be, you know what I mean? They're so mad we're not buying houses. Well, this is why. I want a house so badly. I'll buy a house if there, I could. Yeah, <laughs> if I exactly. house, I'll have a house. You no, know, we literally just like, Mike and I just re-signed a really long lease for a good deal in a different park. So like, we can't afford a house or to have kids anytime soon. So let's just keep enjoying our childless life and, with a terrace. <laughs> but what's also crazy is that like, you have like a job. Like you have like a- Right, no, I, exactly. It's just the fact that like, people who are, who are doing quote unquote well- like still can't even like yeah. afford that life that that like we were told we would. And then yeah. you always like, you start to think it's you. I, I know yeah. a lot of it's like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? And then you realize like, no, you look at your expenses. Okay. It's like, no, it's because it's $500 a month I have to give to this thing. I don't know oh, a single person, so- a single person who owns a house who did not get money from their parents. Yeah, no, that's one. True. Not well, exactly. one. Exactly. That's, that does not, that, that, that says something. If like, People can work in, you know, you could be a lawyer, you could, you know, be, you work in consult, like people who have very good high paying jobs, they're not buying a house without their parents. Mm. It's just not happening. That's true. It's a hundred percent true. And, and I, I, I totally like the whole reason why I got like financial counseling and like in therapy and stuff is like, there's this whole narrative of like, I mean, it, you know, it's produ- it's, what's, it's what thrives capitalism. It's like, oh, if you're not thriving, there's something inherently wrong with you. And I'm just like, yes. I'm paying my bills. Myth. I'm doing everything that I think I'm supposed to be doing. Am I a bad person? Am I not bad at money? Am I, it's like, no, I just, it, it's just fucked up. And we can't even talk about, you know, we don't even talk about like how fucked up all of this is. Yeah, I mean, people who are good at money are people who started with enough with money, money to, to be, yes. be safe enough to be good at it. And also, it is so much to more expensive risk. to be poor. Exactly. It is so much more exp- – it is it – is, some people literally cannot afford to go get a job because they can't travel there. They can't – they don't have the clothing. They don't, like, have – they Computer, can't – Computer, yeah. internet. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with, like, a minor tax issue that I will get figured out, but the penalty that they're trying to levy – because they think that I owed them taxes and I paid them late. If I had to pay, I could never pay that. Like if I was a person who genuinely had an issue one year where I didn't do my taxes correctly and five years later they came for me asking for all this money, I would be annihilated. It's expensive yeah. to do your taxes correctly. It's expensive to do your taxes How correctly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they can just charge us what they think we fucking, it's so, even that shit is so it's stupid. A grift. It's yeah. a grift. This country is not what they promise. <laughs> Come on, Joe. No. <laughs> Joe oh needs to fix all of this. Yeah. It's all on you, Joe. Jeez. And we'll help him. We have, he has help. Yeah. We'll help him. We'll give him a hand. I mean, this does go sort of into our next topic, which is just that both parties have an opportunity at this sort of historically fucked up time to chart a new path and communicate to voters who they are and what they represent. So this week's historic impeachment trial saw 10 House Republicans break party ranks to vote to impeach Donald Trump. This is a pretty dramatic singular event, but it's emblematic of, I think, a deeper fissure of the Republican Party that's emerged from the Trump era during which the GOP has lost the White House in both chambers of Congress. They've now been blacklisted by some corporate donors. They lag way behind Democrats in fundraising overall, and that's when they were out of power. Traditionally, the party in power can can raise money even easier. Sheldon Adelson died, which is like a huge source of their money. Um, Leadership and messaging has become splintered across networks and social platforms. They're not in a good place. It's Mm. not great. They don't even have like full access to social media platforms because they can't keep their message fucking truthful and non-totally incendiary. And that's now. I feel like it'll get worse. Like, I hope that Democrats really start regulating social media like we should, like it should have been. And then that should even get even worse. Did mm. you see that Parler is actually turning people in? Oh, my I, God, I didn't. They are. Wow, yeah, that's Parler great. Is, Parler is handing over. I mean, ultimately, like, Parler's owned by a man who wants money. Like, what does he really care yeah, no, right. and it's an odd, well, there's been a bunch of stuff that I've seen with Parler in that, like, one, it's like, right, it's off all the app stores, so the guy's going to do what he can to, like, take, put it back in the app store, so he's snitching, but another <laughs> thing is, like, the way that they made it was so, like, rudimentary, like, coding, that there are <laughs> all these, like, activist hackers that, like, went in and got every, like, oh, yeah, stole scraped information. it all. They scraped up everything. Private messages. Yeah, everything. And then they just put it, they just sent it to the FBI. It's crazy. It's like, you're so dumb, you're going to write your coup down. You're going to write your coup down in an app that doesn't even have a privacy agreement. (gasps) Which, you know, all of that is bullshit anyway. You know, which, I mean, right now, which somebody just posted the other day, it's like, I just found out my period tracker app is selling my information to Google and Facebook. No. That's dark. That yeah, is dark. that came out last year too. Yeah, I guess. That's but I how they, they know stopped. when to like. That's how they know when to like send you diaper ads, like when you get pregnant. But it's also really sad. Like that's manipulation. People like miscarry or if they like lose a child, they're getting mm. all these things. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be regulated, and and that hasn't been regulated at all, at all, at all, at all. And you know, it's just going to get worse. I, I'm just saying that it's going to be worse for the uh, GOP when when things start getting that's regulated true. online. Um, and good because fuck yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) all for it so we're at a point where some congressional republicans seem poised to try to lead the party away from the trump platform of the past few years that is being generous and suggesting that they're not just inextricable at this point which i think they are Senator Lisa Murkowski said she approved of the House's decision to impeach and suggested she might convict in a trial. Liz Cheney is the number three Republican in the House, and she voted to impeach. She's facing calls to step down as chairwoman of the House Republican Conference and is being pretty defiant about it. She's saying, I'm not going anywhere, which feels like a move, like she's trying to make some noise for her political future. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other congressional Republicans are on something of an apology tour. This guy, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, 
He was one of the lawmakers who rose to object election certification results. And the fact that senators agreed to participate in this, I think, did help bring it to another level. This week, yesterday, in fact, he wrote a letter apologizing to his black constituents for opposing the electoral college results. Stupid. He said he didn't realize that his, he just wanted to ask questions that people in the country had, but he had no idea. He said he did not realize that this would cast doubt on the validity of votes coming out of predominantly black communities until he saw that white supremacists were the ones who are upset with the voting outcome. How does he miss the fact that his entire party's platform is based on the disenfranchisement of black voters? And like, why is this suddenly news to him? And I wonder why he even went so far as to make that like specific of a statement, to be honest. He only apologized to his own black constituents. <laughs> what about all the others? Not, not black Americans. What about like everybody? Right. No, right. Right. Matter. How about you rejected the Democrat, the outcome of our election? That. How about just all of us? What about apologizing to your like colleagues who almost died? No, he should apologize to himself. He almost died. (laughs) He should resign. That's the thing that like gets me. It's like these people almost died. And like the more I hear about it, the scarier it is. And these people after still did the same thing. It's like, what the hell do you guys, you guys want like an an actual senator? Like what's going to, it's nothing's going to click. And even if somebody, Mm -hmm. thank God, nobody, none of, no senators, even though five people did die. I'm not convinced that even if a senator died, they wouldn't like be like backtrack, you know, like wouldn't be doing this. And it's kind of, sad it's well it's really interesting i think we talk about this a little bit um you know the gop like republican voters are getting more diverse like and those those are the ones that will ignore all the whites or are are white supremacists themselves despite being people of color Mm -hmm. um and there's enough of them but if the gop really cut all the racist shit out at least a facade and like really just like we want to cut taxes individual but they would just be so successful yeah in the long term right not in the short term maybe but in the long term they would be it would actually be scary because but maybe they would be like less harmful genuinely they would be less well, harmful sure sure yeah sure <laughs> yeah. if they become pro choice i don't know because i mean personally i feel like you know, people say fiscal conservative, socially liberal. That's like not I a feel thing like anymore. It's not. Well, that's not a thing anymore. But I feel like, you know, um, you can't do real social anti-racist, whatever change without financial policies in capitalism. That's what I think. So but but if the GOP had this facade, right, they right. could be more successful and that could be the future of their party. But they refuse to let go of the white supremacist shit and like selling a lie that's just like no matter which way you slice it, unless you have like a mass genocide, which I don't even think that's like, it's just not going to happen. I mean, we did. We did. Yeah, that's true. We're in one. But still, like, this country's not going to get any whiter. White people are going to be the minority by 2045. I just saw a study. I think it was from the Brookings Institute yesterday. So like, that is on its way. It's, you know, it is so your point is so right that if they did that, they would succeed. But I actually think that like they can't help that the basis that would be denying the basis and the genesis and the entire roots of their party. Like, mm-hmm. like you can trace the history of their party back to Jim Crow, slavery, the South. Like the reason that they can't just do what you said is because they their core belief. I think is white supremacy and everything else is sort of like constructed around it. 
even if they don't necessarily, even if they're not necessarily conscious of that, I Mm. think it's like just this inherent, it's like baseline for them. Well, exactly what Millie just said. It's like, it's like an economic academic conclusion. That's like, no, fiscal policies are important to achieving social equality and you can't ignore that. So if you ignore that, you're fundamentally just opting into white supremacy. But yeah, Millie, you've talked about on the podcast all the time about how like, if Republicans would just disavow this, they would have plenty of supporters ready to sign on. Maybe it wouldn't, it sounds like it could hurt them in like the short term. And I think all politics is short term. Uh, But yeah, I don't know what a long term Republican party looks like. They have to, it's kind of like calling their bluff and making them show their cards. Like you can either keep these whites, your white supremacist base Mm -hmm. or let them go and take this opportunity to bring more people into your party based on whatever you can convince them your values are. If, if Ted Cruz, this is like, if Ted Cruz was like white supremacy is wrong, Joe Biden won, but we're still, I'm still pro-choice. I, and you know what? I, I want people, I want people to come in the right way and I'm going to make coming the right way. I'm talking about immigration. Mm -hmm. I want coming in the right way to be easier like have a, a, a more forgiving immigration policy. You telling me that like Mexican Americans in Texas, like not every single one will vote for a pro-choice, like, mm-hmm. like easier immigration candidate, like, but they won't let go of the polarizing shit. You know what I mean? That's the thing exactly. that just gets me. Um, and, and I'm, you know, and like, so I think about the future of the GOP a lot. I'm like, and then I just think about the future of the Democrats and I'm really, I'm really interested to see how that ends up because, you know, the younger, like the younger are more radical. I feel like, you know, like socialism is not mm-hmm. a bad word for any of, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Not for like, not for us, but I think it's obviously still a bad, a bad word for people who lean Republican. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> were you looking around? Sammy just looked around. I was like, "She's looking around for Republicans." <laughs> no, I was looking at my sandwich that Avi just. Bought. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like her dog's Republican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, oh, that's that smells good. <laughs> yeah, Bruce is a fiscal conservative. <laughs> Bruce Peter Ginsburg. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. so that's a good question. How do Democrats take advantage of this moment politically? Because I've even heard chatter of. You know, Democrats, we have no control over what the Republican Party decides to do, but say they decide not to disqualify Trump from running, does he then just work on splintering them even further for the next four years and then we just cross our fingers that he doesn't win? What do you think? What? what, I'm like, maybe I'm just being an (laughs) asshole, but I'm like, is he going to live to 2024? Oh my gosh. I have like fully... Yeah, I fully His doctor said that. just died. So I, I, I fully know. have like had that thought and I, I I feel like what my mom says is that shitheads like him never die. So I guess I'm like, damn, dog, like everyone's really talking like he doesn't he's gonna right. live another four years and I don't know if I'm I'm not convinced. But um, I know the only thing that's probably kept him alive the past four is constant medical supervision. <laughs> Regeneron. Regeneron. Yeah, for real. He's still on Regeneron. I'm like, he would have died from COVID if he... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If he wasn't... If he didn't get, like, that expensive-ass cocktail. Um, 
But yeah, I think that I, I'm really concerned because of the, you know, obviously socialism is a bad word for the middle, like, and older Democrats and stuff like that. But then we have this young coalition of people who are, you know, like the AOCs and the squad and, and I feel like the squad's going to grow. And then like, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I hope that we're able to use social media and po- like, and mobilize the way that Republicans have and we're able to embrace the far left as much as Republicans have embraced the far right and become not apologetic about it. I don't know. Well, I, I know just there, think yeah. there needs... I think there needs to be almost like a PR campaign for socialism. Like you're all experiencing socialism all the time. Like you have a road, you have the post office, like all of that is technically socialism. It's Mm -hmm. socialized, governmentally run things, Mm -hmm. infrastructure that allows this this country to run. The idea that like – that socialism there they picture like the the soviet union and there's like one brand of like peas on the grocery store like that's not gonna happen does it look like that that that's even coming anytime soon it's just sort of like you're like people are just so ignorant about what the socialism means and Mm -hmm. like and the and how these other countries that they glorify like we should be more like sweden well sweden is exactly so it's like I think it really comes, it's a semantics issue. There are also people that are very quick to point out that when you want to compare us to certain like Northern European countries, like they aren't even necessarily strictly socialist. Like, yeah, it's hard to find that pure, like the stuff that people are advocating for. I don't think anyone's advocating for like pure socialism. Like I think it's more I think some of, people like, are, but they're the people on Twitter with the roses next to their handle. They're not the people right. in charge of mainstream discourse. I'm talking about yeah. like vastly increasing the social safety net, which you yes. could say is socialist, but like mm-hmm. I w- is it socialism? Like It's literally the radical concept that being alive should not be this hard. Like yeah. that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because the trend pre-coronavirus was that more and more people were moving into cities and people were not moving rural Mm -hmm. and i feel like in rural areas like they don't they they're it's all very insular and they they like don't really depend on anybody outside like they don't need the social nets they have their communities but obviously in bigger cities you do need the social nets like that's crucial to Mm -hmm. living so but i'm like post-corona like a lot of people like have dispersed and left cities so i'm wondering like what that effect is going to be like long term on on that but it's an interesting point yeah yeah and i think that especially if you're going to move out of the city during corona just like be a freaking community member don't just move and then buy a nice house and just contribute nothing well yeah and i feel like the pr campaign for socialism like um Right now, it's kind of like the the thing is like, oh, let's, it's all about scamming people out of not paying taxes or like Elon Musk, like I'm going to move mm-hmm. to Texas to not pay taxes where we really need to be like taxes. This is what pays taxes. This is what you're paying for. This is like, yes, really right. get people yeah. excited of like, it's your civic duty to pay taxes. And that and is, yeah. Yeah. Like right. that's what we need a PR thing of like, and we can do even more if we tax more rich people. It'll be a lot easier to do that when we're not saying, oh, also the Kushner family is spending $144,000 of your money on a bathroom. Right. It's also like, I feel like getting into a bit more of a collectivist mindset, Mm -hmm. like where we are connected to each other. Like it's not actually helpful to have this level of inequality for anybody. Like it, I mean, other than the five people that it benefits. So it's just (laughs) like, 
Yeah. I mean, I think that that is like kind of the issue is kind of a big problem is that like people don't see other people as their problem. Like they're just like, fuck you. Like it, I don't, I don't really get that, but like, yeah, I do think that is a pervasive mindset. Lots of stuff to talk about. We'll be talking about this a lot. That's our show for today. I wanted to give you guys a nice long show for a long holiday weekend. Yes. yes, this is what yes. happens when Millie and Sammy and yes. Amanda get yes. together. We, we talk, love Fridays. We talk, and we talk. <laughs> this could be fun. Friday. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> this is everything on my to-do list. So <laughs> <laughs> the only thing left on my to-do list is uh, I'm recording with Shay Mitchell for DST. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a what a pivot! Um, Talk to her about socialism. I love uh, I love Shay Mitchell. Uh, Did you see? Do you remember the I love you so much? I L Y S M. You know that abbreviation. And she's like, "Oh, does this mean I love Shay Mitchell?" (laughs) I don't remember that, but that is really funny. That is so funny. Be sure to bring it up. Be looking forward to that. Until the return of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. I'm Sammy Sage, and this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Up podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast director is Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SupPod at Betches.com. Betches.